Hello and welcome to episode six, part one of the Number My Day for Men podcast, where we discuss all things man and God. I'm your host, DC. Join us in the fight for manhood, God's way. Please join me in welcoming today's guest, Joel Forte. Joel was a CPA that owned his own financial planning business. Currently, he is the CEO of Final Touch Coach Works in Santa Clarita, California, and has been in business his entire adult life. How are you doing today, Joel? I'm doing fine. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. So can you uh, tell us a little more about yourself? Well, I, I, th- I think it starts with I've been married to uh, Geraldine, my wife, for it'll be 32 years here in August, and we have three adult kids, Casey, Lindsay, and Chelsea, and no grandkids yet, <laughs> and looking forward to that in the future. So um, what are some of your hobbies or uh, interests? Interests. Well, golf. I'm an avid golfer. Love to golf. If I could, I could golf five days a week. <laughs> Don't have time, but uh, I love to golf. Love to read. Love superhero m- movies. <laughs> yeah. Give me Thor. The Marvel movies. Oh, the Marvel <laughs> movies. Just, we just saw the Wonder Woman movie a couple weeks ago. So anything superhero, I I, I used to, as a kid, read comic books. So <laughs> uh, I'm still a kid at heart when it comes to that. Sports or anything like that? Sports, yeah. My biggest hobby is uh, watching sports is, is basketball. I'm a diehard Laker fan. <laughs> Excited about Lonzo Ball coming in to play. So I'm, I'm watching. My, my wife says I'm, I'm going crazy because I'm taping every summer league game there is. <laughs> And, uh, and, and, and that's all I want to watch right now. It's, uh, so I'm, I'm really into the Lakers, into UCLA Bruins, basketball, it, like college football more than NFL football. Mm-hmm. That, that's most of my, my hobbies. Okay. So what life experiences made you into the man you are today? That's a, well, you're going to get a long answer on that one. <laughs> I can tell you that. I figured I would. <laughs> I, I think starting off was, uh, what I was struck by was uh, my father and my mom, they, they really knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. There was no, no doubt about that. I can tell you when I was in eight years old, nine years old, that's when I became a Christian. Uh, that's when I really knew that I needed a Savior and it was Jesus Christ. But as I grew, or as I grew older, I should say, when I was in junior high, I I uh, ended up with a very bad habit. I I used to use the word GD, if you can believe that. <laughs> and I say that to say I was a Christian and using that word. One day, I invited one of my friends to come to church with me. He looked at me and said, why would I want to come to church with you? I mean, you're as bad as everyone else. And in seventh grade, that got to me about how I was using that word and yet I was portraying myself to be a Christian also. So that was one of the first times I, I remembered and saying, hey, uh, I need to be different. That was right. the first one. And the second one was in sports, actually. Uh, I was on an all-star baseball team, hmm. and I was having a bad weekend. In fact, I was striking out. And the very last time, and my, my, my father and my mom had warned me about my temper and mm-hmm. I need to get it under check and so forth. And this last time I struck out, I think it was probably out of about 16 at bats, 13th time I struck out oh, during, during that week. So I was in the slump. Mm-hmm. And I got so mad, I, I heaved the bat. 
<laughs> I just threw it. <laughs> and the umpire looked at me. My father was in, in the stands. Uh-huh. Mom was in the stands. Umpire looked at me and said, young man, I won't throw you out of the game if you go pick up that bat. And I looked at the umpire and said, you can pick it up yourself. Oh, and I walked no. towards the bench. Oh, no. I ended up getting kicked out of the game. At that point in time, I, I, I didn't know the ramifications. I was just upset. And my father, when we got home, just came into my room and basically said, you're out of sports for a year. I've been warning you. I've been trying. But you're out of sports for a year. You will not play. And why I say that was one of the biggest times of my life, because obviously I was ticked off at my dad, (laughs) angry, upset. You can't do that. Well, obviously he can. And he did. But what he did during that year is he took me around with him (laughs) to his jobs, got into my head, talked to me. It was a good year. I behaved. But it was things that I learned during that period of time that basically changed the where I was going with my life. (laughs) My mom always prayed that God would take that anger and that that temper and redirect it for his good. At the end of the year, just, just I thought after football season and basketball season that, gosh, it's been long enough. Maybe my dad would let me play baseball, mm-hmm. you know, at the start of the season. Uh-huh. But he said a year. <laughs> so he didn't let me play. I missed, <laughs> I missed the next baseball season also. Oh, wow. But I can tell you this. Going forward, uh, I was very careful with my temper. (laughs) Lesson learned. Lesson learned. The next thing I would say is that big experience was just in college. In college, I knew who I was going to marry. It was Geraldine. I knew Mm. she was going to be my wife, so I didn't run around. Uh, I studied. But what happened in college is I I went to church, did the good. I knew how to be a good Christian. I get out Christian a lot of people. I knew how to do it, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. quote, quote. Right, right. Studied hard, studied a lot. The study and the pursuit of getting to that big eight accounting firm, that actually ended up being my God. Mm-hmm. How do I know that? Because that was what was becoming most important to me. So I studied, I got the grades, I passed the CPA exam, got into the accounting firm that I was pursuing. Mm-hmm. And in all of that process, the year I graduated, I was supposed to get married. Mm-hmm. And we ended up postponing our wedding because the pursuit of all of that, nothing wrong with that, but when it replaces Christ being Lord. Right. right. And how did it show up in my life? I just knew Christ wasn't Lord. Mm-hmm. It didn't show up with crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. It just that had replaced the pursuit of Christ being the preeminent being in my life. Mm. How do I know? Because when I got to those places, I wasn't happy. I I could see I wasn't ready to be the husband, the leader Mm -hmm. that I should be. And so I I couldn't marry. Mm. So I took a year and during that year, I went to this little small church where I heard this sermon on, is Christ really Lord of your life? And at the time I had to say no. But I went away, thought about it, and said, I need to be Christ Lord in my life. Mm-hmm. Had nothing to do with being saved. Had everything to do with, with saying Christ must be Lord. That was a really big turning point of my life. The next year, we were I was ready to marry Geraldine. So I, I would say that was the crucial point in my life. I see. The 
other thing, a few years later, this happened. I was a elder, young elder in a church playing a basketball game. A individual called me something that uh, I he shouldn't have never called me. Mm-hmm. And I snapped. And before I know it, embarrassing to say now, but before I knew it, I had taken that guy, I had I had dropped him. Oh. And I was about to take his head and, and drive it through the floor. Oh. If it wasn't for a brother in law and a friend, I'd be in jail today. And my wife was sitting in the stands witnessing that. Oh. I the next night I went to my small support group. I was the leader. Of a small men's support group. (laughs) But I was scared because I thought I had my temper under control. Right, right. I told the men's group what I had done. Mm -hmm. I was scared. They prayed for me, but they also gave me some instruction. Mm -hmm. I had to go back the next time we played that team and apologize Mm -hmm. in front of that guy's whole team. I had to apologize. And I did. I went back mm-hmm. and I apologized. And the guy basically said, take a flying leap. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point in time, I didn't, there was not anger. Mm-hmm. I actually felt sorry for him. Right. And I prayed for him. That was the point. Absolutely. And I haven't lost my temper like that since, <laughs> but I know that's part of me. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was a humbling experience. Lord, if you're not in control, I can easily lose control. Mm. So that was another, I guess, what you would say, big turning point in my life. So can you discuss something that you've had to overcome? And what is your biggest struggle today? Yes. uh, I I would say, I'll put it this way. Uh, From my mid-20s to my mid-40s, I thought I had struggles, but I really didn't. Mm -hmm. I I was a little smug about it Mm -hmm. in, in the sense of, I was elder. I was leader in the church. Mm-hmm. I had my financial planning practice, and I was dispensing advice. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it, but in my mid forties, I decided I sold my financial planning practice, and I decided I wanted to invest in real estate and and invest in properties, turn mm-hmm. them around, lift them out of being slums, so people would have clean, safe environments to mm-hmm. live in. So I felt I was doing God's work, mm-hmm. purpose. And then we were going to bring in some missionary organizations right into the middle of, of the city in Houston. And and I lost almost every penny I had earned prior to that. Wow. That was a shock. I felt like a failure. Yeah. I felt like for the first time in my life, I felt really like a failure. Mm-hmm. And I started to retreat, embarrass shame, never blaming God, just saying how foolish could I be. Mm. But I begin to, to go into this whole whole cycle of, I can't give anyone any advice. Look at me. Look at my life oh, yeah. kind of thing. How did I overcome that? I didn't. Uh, it was friends, godly men around me yeah. who said, no, that's a business failure. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make you a failure. Absolutely. Now, it sounds crazy to, to, to understand that truth in your mid-40s. <laughs> so what happened? I got into a group with those guys. We've been meeting ever since, every other Friday morning. Mm. And, and in the initial days, I was totally reliant on their wisdom, their guidance, mm-hmm. God, and to come out of that. 
uh, I saw how much my relationship with my wife, she didn't care whether we had a lot or little. <laughs> our children didn't care. Our, mm-hmm. our daughters, our grown daughters, I thought, what would they think? <laughs> they, didn't, they, they thought the same. They, they loved their dad. I found out who my true friends were. Yeah. And those who were not true friends. Yeah. So overcoming the image of yourself mm-hmm. and now truly seeing what you are, mm-hmm. uh, how Christ sees you and how Christ's love shows itself through other people mm-hmm. when you're not on top of the mountain, mm-hmm. when you feel like you're on the bottom of it. I tell you, it's taken me, it took me three, four years just of being with those guys wow. to reinforce all this stuff. Mm-hmm. isn't what makes you worth something. Your worth doesn't come from that. It's yeah. much deeper. But you know what happens? It, it becomes part of our worth, our Does. self-worth, our, what That's we what feel about ourselves. Yeah. So I withdrew mm-hmm. for a while. Interesting thing is I, I hear a lot of people, they'll blame God. Mm-hmm. During that period of time, I didn't blame God at all. Mm-hmm. I said, God is good. God yeah. is true. Yeah. This is my own weaknesses, my own failures. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, darkest place of my life was during that period of time. Mm. Geraldine would have to encourage me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I just felt like a failure. So what is your biggest struggle today? My biggest struggle today is still fighting the wealth game. Mm. That's just intrinsic mm-hmm. in me. Yeah. I still fight against that being a picture of success. Mm-hmm. I look at my father, mm-hmm. preached and financially took care of his family. So I, I still struggle with that. With, okay, God, when is enough enough? So I would say, I think that's my picture of myself. I think that's my biggest struggle. Hmm. Yeah. What is the greatest lesson that you have learned? Hmm. There's a lot of lessons. I, what sticks out the most to you? You know, you know what sticks out the most? What? Is God loves you no matter what. <laughs> I mean, yes. honestly. Yes. I mean, and, and we say that, and I've said that for years, but when you're in the darkness, mm-hmm. when you feel like a complete failure, no matter what people say, it doesn't really matter. It's what God knows about you. And in our society, we so discard people who are failures, right. quote, quote, society. Right. They, now, God doesn't do that. God comes in, you know he loves you no matter what. Yes. Yes. Along with that, he brings people in your life. I, I used to lecture at a, co- a master's college. And when I was going through that period of time, I felt like, what can I say? Mm-hmm. This mentor of mine, who's a professor there, said, I'm not going to let you off the hook. If you don't want to speak, it's going to be because you don't want to speak, not because you're not worthy of speaking. Mm. In fact, you can help the students more by just being honest with what has gone on with you. That makes you more qualified to speak. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give you an out. You're going to have to give your own self an out. (laughs) That was God's way of saying, take these experiences and use them for other people. And yet sometimes we're so afraid that people are going to look at us And and judge us. Some people will. Mm-hmm. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares? Who cares? And, and I think that's one of the biggest things I've had to overcome. It, it's part of what we do as Christians a lot of times, where we think that since we've been Christians for this long, mm-hmm. we should not have this problem, or we shouldn't, 
we should be more successful. We've bought into a world yeah, system. Yeah. And that's not what God says. There's these values that we forget about. Mm-hmm. And we look at what we have, what we've done. Mm-hmm. Okay, now we can speak. Right. It's not true. Right. And I learned that. So I thank God I continue to speak at that place. And I mm-hmm. begin to share the failures. I would share honestly exactly where we're at, what we're going through there. So I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned. I have deeper roots, deeper friendships, not based on how good I am, mm-hmm. but just based on on a mutual love for God and love for each other. What is the best advice you have received? Gosh, I've just, I received a <laughs> lot of advice. Uh, I remember the, the mentor, one of the mentors, the professor at uh, Master's College. He said this to me one day. He said, Joel, you have an incredible love for the loss and a love for God. And these failures are going to enhance that even more. <laughs> so be yourself. Be who you are in Jesus Christ. Keep doing that. That was really good advice. Because overlaying all of this, what I can't lose is is my purpose. I don't believe my purpose is is to run a business in the past, have a financial planning practice. I believe my purpose was in those business, be a light to the world. My clients, be a light to them. So how I behave, how I, how I act will either elevate Christ or cause there to be shame on Christ's name because of my bad behavior. So for me, in the dark times, I kind of forgot that, thinking, I'm not going to present my well, myself well to Christ. I went broke. How is that a, a glory for Christ? How's that a good example for Christ? Yet the truth was, how do I handle that? Bad things, terrible things happen to Christians Mm -hmm. and non-Christians. The difference is how Christ takes you and walks you through those things and how you respond. Yes. So for example, today I'm living a life, not perfectly, but a life that says Christ is Lord. Christ is Lord. Christ is real. How does that play itself out with what my employees see, with what my customers today see, no matter what I'm going through? In the past, it would be put on a good face. We trust God versus just being real. Hey, today I'm a little stressed out, but you know what? What does the Bible say? Mm-hmm. Don't be afraid. I'm here with you. That's what God says. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will keep you. I will strengthen you. So in the fear, in the stress, you turn right back to God. And you live it real and live in front of everyone. That's the true test and the true understanding of who Jesus Christ is in your life and who God is. Not this false sense of everything's great, everything's well. So what is the worst advice you've ever received? (laughs) <laughs> ah, let me go back to that uh, to the uh, that that period mm-hmm. during that period of time we owned a restaurant also mm-hmm. and um the restaurant was was bleeding money meaning mm-hmm. sales had gone down cash flow and this came from another christian buddy really good christian friend well god knows that the restaurant business has to operate on a cash basis versus a tax recording basis. 
So the advice was do what everyone else does in restaurants. Just pay your employees with cash. Mm. Pay everything in cash. So what would that do? That would deflate sales and drive down tax. That was the worst advice that mm. could have been done. Why? Because that, that would be, hey, I have to break the law to right. make it right. versus trust God. Absolutely. And do it right. And here's the, the whole thing. Even if it fails, that fails, but I still am doing exactly what God wants me to do. Yes. And I'll trust his provision, not these little mechanisms, mm -hmm. if you will. Mm -hmm. So I think that was the worst advice I could have ever been given. <laughs> In this world, people do a lot of things. People are dishonest. Mm -hmm. People cheat. Uh, in my business today, somebody would say, hey, does cash make a difference? If I pay in cash, <laughs> right. can, can I get it done for cheaper? Because mm -hmm. you don't have to report it. My way of sharing a customer that says that, my faith, mm -hmm. cash is the same thing. I report all cash. Mm -hmm. I don't hide. I don't, I don't try to put it away. I have to record it because that's the law yes. of the land. And I have to trust God. I have no choice. Either God is God or he's not. Right. And in those situations, no, I must trust God. Thank you so much for joining us today. Part two of Joel's interview is coming next week. Email me at info at numbermyday.com with any questions or comments. Visit us at numbermyday.com slash men for more information and to join us in the fight for manhood God's way.